Hello, everybody. It's me, DJ Milk Tray, and you are listening to the Room 26 podcast with my big bro, the one, the only, Mr. Freddie Nawaka. I love this guy. Swear down. Hey, guys. So welcome to Room 26 podcast with me, Freddie Nawaka. Just a, you know, casual, laid back, unadulterated conversation with friends, celebrity guests, and you, of course. Hold on. You are listening, right? All right, good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Room 26 podcast. Freddie, have you got your cup of tea there, mate? You know me already, brother. Big mug by the side, biscuits, digestive biscuits by the other side. I'm ready to crack on. How are you, bro? I am excellent, brother. I'm excited about this interview today. Tell the people who you got who you got on the phone today. Okay, so you know what? Normally, I reach out to all kinds of people, innit? Um, just people that inspire me. And I thought, you know what? I'm not a DJ on the show, you know? And music's played a massive part in my life over the years, man. So I've got none other than my brethren and my boy, man. Milk Trey, we say, my brother. What's good, family? Um, nice. How you doing? I'm blessed, fam. I'm just blessed to be here. I'm blessed to be on this thing. Um, yeah, fam. I'm blessed. I'm good. It's been a minute. It's been a while. Yeah, man. It definitely has, bro. Um, a lot has happened in the last like couple of years. Um, and we're always kind of just passing ships. Yeah. Um, real- yeah, it's been good. You know what? You know what? It, what it was to be for real, right? It's like I get so many different people that hit me up saying, "Man, oh, Freddie, I want to go on the podcast and blah de blah de blah." And like, I realized that you know what? I hadn't really had a DJ on my podcast, but like, as you know, we're from the same circuit, so I know so many DJs. But it had to be a DJ. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna kick off the show and have a DJ, it's got to be somebody who's inspired me through their journey and through things they've done. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I thought, yeah, I got to get you on the show first i'm saying that now because i know bear man's dj's gonna be hitting me up saying right what about me what about me <laughs> you know? i don't know trouble you know i don't know trouble <laughs> no you're good man <laughs> how did you find the whole covid thing man um for me bro um covid's been uh an eye-opener it's been a real eye-opener in in some amazing ways it obviously it's been it's been challenging but I would say it's been way more of a pro than a con. Mm. Uh, it's been way more of a blessing than a hindrance. Um, so for, for me, um, during COVID, for those that don't know, um, I'm, I'm a DJ, um, mentor, motivational speaker, etc. But obviously during COVID, things, everything changed. So the first thing that changed was my my kind of nine to five which was i'll be honest it wasn't as much as my nine to five as it has been over the like how many years but um i got the notice that i was being made redundant so yeah so i'd been i'd been in um i'd been in retail for like just shy of 21 years in the same company wow yeah so but what had been happening is during the years my my hours, I was focusing less hours there and putting more time into the stuff that I want to do. Which meant that by COVID, I was working one day a week there. 
Okay, okay. So okay. I'm working one day a week, but everybody's like, you've been there for such a long time, the payout's going to be great. Mm. So when the payout came now, brother, the payout was dead. Oh, raw. It was dead. Raw. It was like, it was, to, to anybody else, it was insulting. I think I think what they've done a lot of these companies, they try to give people their very minimal. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly that's exactly what happened with me. So um they they offered me and I'll, I'll give you the figure. I'll give you the figure because I know people will like wanna want the honesty in that regard. So they offered me like two and a half bags. What? From yeah. where you were? Uh car phone. Fucking hell man, that's a liberty, bro. Yeah, bro. So they, they offered me two and a half. Um and even at the time. Like, I'd, I'd kind of seen it coming, and that's why I was kind of dropping my hours within the business and kind of investing in what I wanted to do. So it was actually the wife who basically got, you know, like the news alert in the morning on your phone? She got an alert on her phone saying, oh, headline news, car phone just closed like 500 stores. And then she looked at me and was like, babe, <laughs> did you know about this? So I was like... Babe, I had no idea. And I'm friend, I swear to God, I just rolled back over, bro. I literally wow. rolled back over. That's mad, man. So it's, it's kind of like, but still though, man, I mean, Carphone Warehouse were like, obviously one of the massive ones, you know what I'm saying? Like one of the big contenders mm-hmm. in um, mobile phones and all the rest of it, man. So for that kind of payout, it's like, they're, really, they're taking the piss, man. Yeah, bro. So, um... You know, I, I prayed about it. I spoke to the wife and my mom, my dad. I uh, spoke to like a couple of my mentors. And I spoke to a friend of mine who used to work in, in our HR. Um, she now currently works um, at number 10. So spoke to her and she was like, look, let me put a little email together. So she did that for, to me, for me. And um, we sent that over and then they kind of bumped it up a little bit. But that was, a, that was about it, bro. Um, and then out of all of this, um, I've been able to, one, spend a bit more time, especially in the lockdown. It was nice to spend time with the family, the wife, the kids, and kind of just have that time because we're always very, very busy. Mm. Uh, so th- that was really important. But I've been able to establish like my own business now um, with regards to mentoring and teaching children and people how to DJ. So that's called the Hope Programme. Um, and I've now been able to sit down with like Cred and Council, um, who have opened a lot of doors. So with the whole George Floyd thing, when that all kind of kicked off, it um, they they did a rally. They kind of did a little rally outside the town hall, uh, and they just wanted some community figures to come and speak at the event. Um, and they got me to come and speak. And then out of that, um, a forum, a very small forum, was kind of birthed between myself and my friend Anthony King who works heavily in the, in the community with regards to, you know, knife crime, et cetera, and all of that. Um, and it, the, the, the group started out as just the two of us in a meeting. And now we have on a weekly basis in this weekly forum, we have, we have representatives from Croydon council. We've had the head of Croydon council. We've had the MP for Croydon, the head of um, metropolitan police in Croydon. We've got the commanders in there. We've got all the youth kind of groups and stuff that are doing great stuff. Cause what was happening, a lot of people are doing amazing stuff, but nobody kind of knew what everybody else was doing. And it wasn't really a, a great way for everybody to kind of network and connect. So now we're in this, we're in this forum every Friday 
and the guys from Mentivity are in there. Now I'm feeling left out. I'm feeling like that guy that you just passed in the street with a little... No, B. No, no, B. Like, I'm just, the, door, the door's open, B. The, the door is open. There's a lot of great stuff happening. So out of that, um, my, my business has now been able to work with um, Crystal Palace Football Club and their charity called Palace for Life. Um, and they've been running programs throughout the whole summer holidays. So I've been busy with them. Um, I'm doing a mentoring program with um, the CVA building in Croydon. So I've got like three or four young guys um, and we, we're kind of helping them master social media and then be able to turn it into a business. Because a lot of these people in the forums don't know how to really reach the younger people. So instead of somebody like myself setting up the Instagram and the Snapchat and all of that, we've got the youngest to do it. And then they get paid. See, 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 see that you just embodied the whole interview and the whole conversation. You know what? So I was about to, t <laughs> I was about to tell the reason why you inspire me and the reason why I got you on the show. But you just done it in one, one sweet brother. That's mad inspiration. Man. That's a, that's amazing. And to kind of reiterate what you just said there, um, a few years ago when I done my Back to Black Awards, do you know what I'm saying? And I gave you that award, yep. brother. You understand? You like you've gone from strength to strength, man. So I commend you, but it just goes to show that I made the right choice. You know, like when people were like looking at me, like not everybody, but some people were like, "Freddie, how do you choose?" And I'm like, "Don't watch how I choose. Like I just know what I know, and I, I watch people. I'm not saying nothing, but I see what people do. So what you've just said there, you know what I mean, I even though I knew I made the right decision, you just reinforced that I made the right decision by giving you that award, like. For back to black as one of the most inspirational people, man. Thank you, know what I'm saying? Thank you man. I'm, I'm, I, I picked it up yesterday. Oh, wow. Actually, it was, it's in the front room. I picked it up yesterday, opened it up, looked at it. I was like, wow. Like, that's four years. This month will be four, not end of this month, four years. Yeah, brother. And guess what? It's coming back. I'm going to be talking to you about that. It's coming back next year, you know. We're relaunching next year. But um, this is the Black Academy Awards. So we're coming back next year. Um, we're going to be at the Dorchester um, now. Do you know what I'm saying? Because BAFTA put the money up on me. So we're going Dorchester. Um, and I'm definitely going to be talking to you about coming on the night and talking. Um, and do you know what I mean? Getting some of the young people because it's aimed at under 21s now. Because I always feel like, and I keep saying it, all the bad kids, when we go into schools, we go into prisons, we go into yachts, these bad kids are always getting rewarded for shit and ain't doing shit. And then you've got the young kids that are doing really well and they ain't getting nothing. So this award show is to start to, in, do you know what I mean? Reward those kids that are actually doing well. The kids that are staying out of trouble. The kids that are, are, are coming to you to be mentored. Not all these doing bad and then getting stuff and not even, do you know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to change my focus on some of these young people that need to be, we need to appreciate them, man, because it's hard for them to stay out of trouble. It's hard for them to, to be motivated. So we should appreciate the fact that they actually are, are winning. Do you know what I mean? And that's what the Black Academy Awards is about. Love that, bro. I love that. You know, I love all of that business. So, how did you find the whole homeschooling then? Because, I mean, how was that for you? Because for me, bro, that was that was a whole different world for me, mate. I mean, the the for us, we 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 were blessed enough as a as a household and as a family to be in a in a home where we had that space. Mm. Um, so, you know, last year we'd recently moved like from a two bed flat um, to like a three bed house. Mm. 
I was just saying, and I remember like a couple of months ago, just saying to to the to the wife, like, imagine if we were still in the flat, <laughs> bro, in lockdown. I'm saying, bro, I'm telling you now, friend. But dead kids, divorces, and all sorts. Oh my, bro. I said, no, nah, this this is real. I said, not like so. I, I I'm so like blessed to, to be here, bro. And I, I appreciate it. And I know that not everybody has that kind of space, but teaching the kids from home was the first like couple of weeks, probably month or so was challenging because the wife is now working full time from home. The kids were at home. Um, um, I'm at home. I was doing radio from home because Flex with the studio was on, on lockdown. So I was having to do radio from in here. The, the, the whole dynamics of the household changed because prior lockdown, the wife would take the boys to school. I would pick them up, get them home and do all of that. Now she's very busy, full-time working. And then obviously she's, um, she's a choir director for um, Tab Worship. So she's busy. So I would come in and get dinner done and all of that. So like the first week for us being at home, and she was at home. I'll be honest with you. I put my foot up. I was like, Psh. I'm like, babes, you're at home. Like, I don't even really need to do nothing. And then like, you see the Friday of the first week of official lockdown. We had to have a little conversation, B. We had to have a little cover. I'll be honest. <laughs> she came to me, she's like, babe, I feel like I'm having to do a lot, you know? And in my head, I'm like, no, but you're home now, isn't it? Like, I can put my vote up. And she's like, no, but remember, I've still got to work full time and this, that, and the other. And I had to check myself, Fred. Like, I had to, like, from a, like, from a man point of view, normally I would be, like, all up in my feelings a little bit, but I kind of had to check myself. And then, yeah, the balance in the house was was a lot better. And then just trying to get through that system and trying to get the the, the twins into a, into the routine. So that, that was what we did. So straight off the bat, they were still waking up um at a good time they'd be at the table for for nine o'clock they'd read for half an hour then work uh school work from 9 30 until 10 45 have a 15 minute break then back into school then they'd have their lunch break about 12 30 12 45 and then off for an hour and then wrap up at about 3 3 30 depending on how much work you've done. And the thing is they've got two sets of schoolwork. So they've got their normal schoolwork and then they go to um they go to a Saturday school as well. So they were giving them weekly work as well. You kind of had you kind of kept the same system that school, yeah, school. Yeah, 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 we tried as best we could to keep the same system. So brother, how long have you been a DJ? I started, me and my cousin um Ibs, we started our little sound system, Sweetboy Entertainment back in 1995. Raw. Yeah. Were you always um, milk tray? So, all right. So everybody <laughs> asks, so this, right, let me tell you straight. So how I got the name. So at the time, me and, me and Abes, we were obsessed with Bad Boy. Bad yeah. Boy Entertainment. Like Puffy just kind of started. He just signed Craig Mack, Biggie, Total. So like, we was like, look, we can't call it Bad Boy Entertainment UK because that's not going to really work. So he was like, why don't we call it Sweet Boy Entertainment? He's like, yeah. And I was like, cool. So like, he was like, girls, girl, what do girls like? He's like, 
yeah, girls like Valentine's and flowers. I was like, cool. He was like, I'm going to call myself Mr. Valentine. I was like, cool. What am I going to call myself? What do girls like? He's like, girls like chocolates. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Chocolates, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we went through the, the chocolates. Like, call it, I said, fam, you can't call man quality street. Yeah. <laughs> For, Ferrero Rocha, I said, fam, not, who's going to spell that on a flight? Yeah. yeah. He said, after, he, said, he said, after eight, I said, nah, fam, you only eat those at Christmas. Black magic. <laughs> he said, black magic. I said, fam, we, we, we don't do that. Yeah, we're, we're a Christian family. We don't come from that. We can't. And then he was like, what, do you remember that advert, Milk Tree? I was like, yeah, my man would jump out of the helicopter, climb up the, the, the side of the castle while the lady's in the shower. Then he dropped the box of chocolates and the silhouette. And the caption was, all because the lady loves trade. I said, yes. yeah. So I've always had that name. That's that, always my DJ name. That's mad. And you know what? It's it's one of those. You know, do you know what I like about it? It's not confused with nothing. It ain't like a DJ blah blah or or a Mister blah blah where you can get it wrong. There is only one milk tray. So no matter where you go anywhere in England or in the world, when when you hear the name milk tray, it's like Freddy Krueger. If somebody else says Freddy Krueger, it's like yeah. brother, you, there's not or you're copying my thing or you're trying to be like man, isn't it? And it's like milk tray, like only one milk tray. So they can't be, do you know what I'm saying? You, you, you never get it confused. Oh <laughs> I was on the DJ thing and I was thinking about it the other day, right? Like, all right, let's keep it real. In regards to um, the DJs and how, I guess, the stigma that's attached to being a DJ, being out there, um, the, the everything that goes with being a DJ in the public eye, the stereotype, right? How do you manage to, I guess, keep your private life? Obviously, you're married, you got kids. You're one of those DJs that's kept it, I guess, kept your life, your your home life, and your married life, and everything. Um, I wouldn't say separate, but it's not been damaged by being a DJ because I know a lot of DJs who are not like you in the sense that, you know what I'm saying? You're open, you're open, you're married, you, and your DJ career is just a career. That's what it is. And your, your, your wife and your house is different. And I find for a lot of DJs, they get the whole stigma that goes with it. How have you managed to avoid all the stupidness that goes, that comes part and parcel of being an urban DJ? I think like, obviously I've had to grow a lot like with age and maturity and, and all of that. But I think at the, at the moment where, where I'm at right now, it's, it's a balance of, you know, cause I realized that Milk Tray is now like a brand itself. Mm -hmm. DJ Milk Tray is a brand. Um, and people, people believe in it. Um, people trust it and, and it gives people hope. So for me, it's about finding that balance where, my, my, my home life uh, can kind of complement my DJ life and my DJ life can complement my home life. My, you know, I speak about my family, not even just like the wife and the kids, like mommy and daddy milk tray, my sisters, all of that kind of stuff. It's allowed me to become a, a lot more balanced with regards to how I deal with all of that. And I think you, you get to a stage where it's got to be more than than just that it's got to be more than just the running up and down and the and the you know the, the the stigma because for me i'm looking at it from a point where there's younger djs coming up um there's people that are, are kind of looking around and saying well if it can be done by this guy then something that it, it can be done everywhere else like you're gonna see me in tesco 
Like you could see Milk Tray in a rave, but then you're still gonna see Martin shopping in Tesco. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of always the the thing. Like I've still got to be Martin. Like yeah. Milk Tray is cool, and we can do all of that, jump up and get hype, and but at the same time, I've still got to pay my bills. I've still got to pick up the kids from school. I've still got to do the shopping. So there's got to be some form of balance, and I think it's just taken me. Um, time to just get to that stage where I'm just confident and, you know, able to just walk in my purpose in that regard. So for me, I just kind of just now do what I'm doing because I know that there's a bigger picture. And it's not just for me. It's not just for my kids and, and my family, but it's for the community as well. Like I now know, especially like in the last five months, the doors that have opened, a lot of them wouldn't have opened if I wasn't, that kind of person, like in regards to like being, you know, family orientated, etc. Because when I'm looking and sitting down with the mayor of Croydon or the head of Croydon Council, I know that they've already looked and preed and checked my IG and all of that. Because you're not just going to sit down with a DJ, like you said. There's a there's a particular kind of stigma, but they're sitting down mm. and saying, like, well, you know, I've had people approach me and say, "Raf, checked out your Insta. Like you're a family guy. This, that, and the other. Cool. Let's do some business." And I think that's where I kind of look at it and say, there's a bigger picture. Mm. No, I hear you. I hear you. And, and see the other DJs out there. What DJs do you rate? <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't say that you listen to, but who, who, who do you give props to and why? Okay, so I, I'll always pay homage to those that opened the door for me as in regards to setting the standard or the ones that I grew up listening to. So as I said, I started DJing back in, I think, 19, yeah, 1995. So that was the era of, you know, Gas Club on a Tuesday, Hanover Ground Wednesday, Samantha's on a yeah. Thursday, um, SW1 Friday, Ezekiel's on a Saturday. So I grew up, so, you know, Ill Kids, Rampage, Boogie Bunch, uh, DJ Swing, uh, Psycho, uh, 90%, Firing Squad. You know, those are the ones I was, you know, influenced by heavily. Um, and then obviously coming up and through the times, um, you know, now Simple Simon, Simple Simon is like, to me, he's like the, the Jay-Z of radio because he's been doing radio. I remember listening to Simon when I was growing up and we're not that much different age wise. Like, was, like we're actually like really tight, but Simon for me is probably like the first person that comes to mind. Um, and then You've got, you know, Simple Simon, I would say, who else do I really rate? My team, obviously, big up my, my team, um, Sweet Boy Entertainment. Um, I would say also, there's some really good, fresh DJs coming up. Um, Lizzie J, um, Dimson Laws, um, Top Cats, um, big up. Uh, big man Zess as well. People doing a lot yes. of stuff right now. Zess is killing it on IG with his slow jam thing. Um, yeah, it's all kind of popping off, bro. But like, for the person that I would say like I, I really look up to and like where where bro is like, it's simple Simon. That's the first name that came yeah. to mind. Me and Simon, me and Simon go back years, man. Like me and Galflex. Listen, yeah. but, this, but but come to think of it, I think we all go back years. Like. Like we all, this, this is what I love about, I guess, South London. Anyway, like we've all kind of watched each other yeah. kind of grow, 
Do you know what I mean? Like, and we've all kind of grown up in our own ranks doing what we do. Yeah. And it's like, when you mention someone's name, most people know who you're talking about because we've all kind of come up, you know, and it's a mutual respect amongst everybody. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so it's a question for you now. So, my name's Freddie Nawaka, and I want to be a DJ, yeah? And I want, and I want to come to, to Milk Trey's DJ school. What makes a good DJ, bro? What makes a good DJ and what makes a shit DJ? What makes a good DJ? A good DJ, what makes a really good DJ is the ability to kind of take away the ego. That makes okay. a really, you You need an element of, of confidence. But as if you were coming to me as a fresh beginner, you know, you need to kind of let go of all the... The, the the ego and I know music and this that and the other because I would never shoot like any of my students down but you're gonna come in and I, I'm probably gonna teach you in a different way so I've just finished uh, a 15 week course with a with a friend of mine he's not like a kid or whatever he's a grown man he hollered at me in March like when the lockdown kind of st started and then we started doing lessons every week via Zoom um, and he's got a musical ear already. But the progression that he's made, he just came and he was just a blank canvas. He knows music, he loves music, but he's like, I just want to learn. So let me just come and just just listen. And he, he took in everything that I gave him. But then what I loved about it is that he took the time out. So in his week, so we'd have a lesson once a week and he would spend, say, seven to ten hours in that week practicing. Okay would spend so i'm only with him for an hour hour and a half but within that week he'd be spending seven to eight well seven to ten hours a week practicing 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 and i could see so by within like week four to five he was where i would expect him to be in maybe week seven to eight okay so going back to your question just drop the facade just drop the like whatever and just come in there and just and just want to learn and then put your time in because you and I both know that a lot of the things that people see on the outside, as in, you know, on the social medias and whatever, they don't see that hours and hours and hours and hours of time yeah. that we, yeah. do. do you know what I mean? You, yeah. don't, you don't, you don't just sit there and then boom, yeah, I've got a film done. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You, you've got to sit down, write the script, this, that and the other, it's hours, endless hours. But when people come to the premiere, it obviously just looks all glitzy and glamoury. But the fact of the matter is, is you've put in hours, hours. Mm. Talk, we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk. Your faith, like, I know you're one of those DJs, not even DJs, let's just say you're one of those men. Because a DJ is a small, a real small <laughs> factor of what you are. You understand? You, for me, you're just a, you're a, a, a walking inspiration who happens to be a DJ not a DJ who's a walking inspiration. You understand what I'm saying? And there's a big difference. People have to understand that you are walking inspiration as a man. That happens to be a DJ as well, not the other way around. Do you understand? Yeah, so... You think of it like that. No, but real talk, bro, because people, like, before, listen, before you, you was a DJ, you've been a man. You understand? And you was doing what you was doing, and you've been inspiring people as as yourself, as Martin, as yourself. The DJ part is just a bonus. Like, it just, it just so happens that you, you're a DJ. Do you know what I'm saying? And a lot of that must come from your faith. Yeah, my, so, my faith is important. So I, 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 I battled with it for a long time. Um, so I come from a Christian household. 
Do you know what I mean? I, I, I grew up, um, I was kind of raised by my grand, so you know that's, that, that automatically just means Sunday is church. All day, no all day. <laughs> Sunday is just church, all day. Um, and what I realized from a young age is that my, my gran, so my gran had a stroke when I was really young. Um, oh, wow. So, so she had a stroke and then she was paralyzed on one side. Um, so it was me, my gran, and my aunt in the house. Uh, my parents had just recently bought a house in Fort and Heath um, and kind of moved to that area. So I grew and was raised by my gran and my aunt. And then I would go to my mom and dad's house on the weekends. Um, mm. but me and my gran have, have an amazing connection. So I grew up with my gran. She's one of them old school, you know, Jamaican, Caribbean prayer warriors. Like my gran would be up at four or five o'clock praying for three, four hours before she even wow. and she would get up and then I would bath her and get her ready so she can go to her little community center thing. And then, so I, I kind of saw what, what like faith and, and God was like from an early age. And then, um, you know, just seeing my parents get baptized, my mom and my dad, my auntie, my uncle, like my whole family kind of just got embedded. Um, and then I've, I grew up in church and then my church, my church for a while, um, saw like, you know, like when adults and like seniors can see something in you way before you can see it in you. So yeah. my, my church was just like, at a point, there was a point where there was so much young people and we all kind of grew up together from like age of like five. And then when, when a lot of us got to like the age of like 15, 16, a lot of them started to kind of leave church, whether, and you know, for different reasons, some of them came from like really strict households and like you had to go to church and all of that kind of stuff. And my parents never, that's one thing about, I love about mommy and daddy milk tray. They never forced me or my sisters ever to go to church. You know what I mean? And then when we got to a certain age, it was like, it was your decision. So like the numbers at church started to dwindle and then my church started to put a lot of pressure on me. Like, cause they, they could, they could see that I had qualities and, and I had gifts and skills that, but I wasn't prepared to accept it. So they were like, look, if Martin, mm. we can get Martin into, into a position of like ministry or whatever, then like the young people will start flooding back. And then I heard that, I was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm 16, I've just bought my first vinyl. Yeah, cut class, <laughs> I like, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna become a DJ, yeah? Yeah, yeah become a dj so for me it was just like god was like cool no problem i'm gonna let you go this way in it i'm gonna let you go the whole way around and throughout my journey i've never kind of strayed away from my faith or or, or tried to hide it and i think especially like with like social media and like instagram and that you know it's it's a bit different seeing a dj post about god or you know, talking about blessings and that kind of, and that's what I've always been about. And and I just but, realized, go on. Sorry, but let me ask you a question that, I mean, I'm playing devil's advocate here, innit? Um, I remember I had a conversation with um, a couple of my friends that used to go to one church, yeah? And um, I used to say to them, whenever I used to have my events, yeah? I used to be like, 
I'm having a party for my birthday, come to my event. And they say, no, I don't rave. I don't go to parties. And I'm like, but why not? It's my birthday. You've known me for years. And they're like, yeah, but I don't go to parties, man. I don't want to be in the world, as they would put it. I don't want to be in the world. So my question then to you is that you're a DJ, yeah? So how do you separate being a DJ and your faith in the sense that you're in the world of what these, I guess, these other Christians were saying they shouldn't be a part of, but you're a part of it but not part of it. Do you understand? How do you, how do you be in that world, but separate? You, you know where I'm getting, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, like, I think for, for me, it's, it's been a journey. So now, and I feel like my, my, you know, my faith in God has kind of been just, you know, redirecting me, you know? Before, I was in the clubs every weekend and, you know, working, taking four or five bookings. There, you know, there's been times when you've said, like, Milks, I want to book you. And I'm like, Fred, I can't because I've got three bookings already that night. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it was always because I was trying to, you know, make sure financially that, you know, I was providing. But um, I think now I don't really want to be in that, in that environment. Do you know what I mean? And I've, I've kind of made a conscious decision because I feel like now, like we said earlier, I don't think people just look at me as DJ Milk Tray. Like they look at me and think, well, this guy can, like he, if he can do what he's doing in the, in the way that he's doing it, then it's possible. So for me, I play my music, even when I'm on radio, like I'm on radio twice a week doing breakfast, um, but I'm still very mindful of the content, etc., because it plays on my spirit. Do you know what I mean? That's why I can now do like my Sunday service on Instagram on a Sunday and it, and not people have like think and well is he just trying to ting because it's not me trying to ting like I've, I've seen where God's taken me he, I was heavily doing club stuff and whatever now I'm doing you know we've had milk trays motivation that's kind of progressed I'm now doing Sunday service and the more and more I'm moving this way the more doors are opening so I'm, I'm kind of leaving that and I've, and I've said it live like, unless it's something, like, special and whatever, I don't really want to do the, the, the club thing, bro, because now I want to be able to wake up on a Sunday morning and do my Sunday service and feel fresh and whatever. The days of me coming in at 4 or 5 o'clock, even though we're on lockdown and you can't really do that at the moment, but even when, you know, the, the, you know, the, the bands and whatever are lifted and the clubs start opening, I don't really want to go back into the clubs because that's not where my, my, my spirit's taking me. And... Financially, I just don't feel like it's it's worth my time, unless mm. unless it's like uh, you know one of my people's birthdays or something like that. I'm, I'm not coming out of my house for one fifty for an hour, bro, because I know I'm I'm worth way more than that. Yeah, I totally get it, right? It make, it makes sense. And to be fair, I feel like even when the lockdowns lifted, the whole club scene is going to be a whole different world. You, you're from from how I know you, and from what I know of you, you're very consistent in your emotions, your your day to day. I don't think I've ever seen you sad. I've never seen you angry. I've never seen you pissed off. I only ever see you smiling, bro. I ain't never seen you any other emotion. You got one button which is always cool. Do you know what I mean? But what's been one of the lowest moments in your life, and what's been one of the highest? One of the lowest, I'll probably say the lowest moment in my life happened in 2018 uh, and I lost my, my auntie Paulette. So my auntie Paulette is my mum's sister. Um, but as I said to you, when I was growing up, 
I was raised by my grandma, my aunt. So my auntie Paulette is she's my angel. Um, she I didn't even know if she knew that I was going to be a DJ, but she taught me to buy my first ever record, uh, which was Pastor Duchy by Musical Youth. Um, there used to be a little record shop in Ballam Market. There was, yes, yes. There was two markets. So you had the outside market and then you had the indoor market. And the indoor market, there used to be a little record shop in there. And I remember she took me there and she bought me the seven inch version of it and she bought the 12 inch. Um, and she'd been my angel. She taught me, you know, about finance, business, etc. Uh, and then a few, a few years ago, she, she was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer. Um, and again, they said that she had literally three months to live. Wow. Like, well, not me. And then funny enough, going back to like my faith and that, um, we then all, me, my sisters and my auntie ended up getting baptized at church all on the same day. Um, which is just like an amazing moment for our family. So my auntie Paulette, she, um, she got ill because she loved to travel. She loved to travel and she loved heat. So whenever she was away, um, she'd always go somewhere hot, Jamaica, Africa, etc. Um, and then she went to Africa, had a great time, um, and picked up malaria. Now, because of her cancer, her antibodies were low. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, the January that year, we lost her. And bro, I'll tell, oh, sorry, you, man. I'll tell you, I mean... For those who were listening to me on radio at the time in that, in that season, they had, they had seen and heard like a, a milk trade that they'd never heard before. Because I, I was done, Fred. Fred, I was done. Mm. Hey, bro, I was done. I was ready to just throw it all in. Well, I know, I know, I, I'm, I'm, my mum passed away last yeah. year, bro. I know. I know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's a, it's a, um, it's a weird feeling and what happens is the society tends to not let us be men and 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 and, and grieve and cry and i remember someone saying to me we're afraid to be strong and I'm like, i don't want to be strong nah no. i'm done i've been strong all my life now i want to cry i don't want to be sad yeah. and society's kind of made us feel like we can't cry or we can't like to be fair as your big brother you should have been able to call me and been like well freddie man i need you bro i need, I need a hug yeah Society will make us not call on our fellow and be like, yo, milks, man, I'm going for it, bro. I need a hug or milks, can we go out for it? Do you know what I mean? Like, they, the system and the way we've been brought up has made us internalise all these pains and then they come out in other ways and yeah. traumas and, do you know what I'm saying? So I totally get what you, what you, what you mean when you said you're done, man, because, yeah, I hear you, I hear you. But at the same time, I, I must uh, take the time out to big up my brothers. Um, I know you, you know him as Morris and, and, and David yeah. and it was, but my, my, my team, my, my SBE brothers, that day, the man them just dropped everything. Everybody flew down to the hospital and like, it was amazing, bro. It was amazing just to see my, my bros be there when I really needed them. So yeah, man, big up to my brothers. Morris is, Morris, Morris coming like family, man. Cause Morris, Morris, um, he's, he's watched my kids grow and yeah, he's been there. <laughs> yeah. He's been my kids, you know what I'm saying? So, and this is what I say when I say that we've all grown together because it's like, yeah. even though me and you are not connected through Morris, it's weird that we and you are connected. Me and Morris are connected. You and Morris are connected. Yeah. Like, it just, oh, just how small, but how big 
the community is. Do you know what I'm saying? It's weird. Definitely. So yeah, that, 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 that was that was a that was a good point. Um, so what's your high? Was that your high? Was the baptism the high, or what's the high? So that's your lowest point is losing your aunt. I get that. Lowest point losing losing my aunt. Um, what's your highest? And don't say don't say your kids because everyone no, says my kids. No, 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 no. Um, highest point like I'd probably say recently in the last couple of years is making the transition from from pirate radio to 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 legal. You know what I mean, for me that that was that was major. Yeah, you know I mean? like, I've been I've been doing pirate radio since two thousand three. I started on mm. delight. I started on delight, you know, with so solid and all of that, um, and then moved to bounce FM. We uh, got Foley, we got Barry Bounce and Mystery and all them lot, and then uh, I moved to on top. Uh, I was I, I was at on top for twelve years. Big up Suey, uh, big up Stam, big up Madness. Everybody who's been through on top, um, and that's where I feel like Milk Tray really became Milk Tray. Um, so doing breakfast, you know, I quit my full time job at Carphone as a manager. So that's when you used to see me in Ballum, in the, yeah. yeah. So like you've seen it because I was yeah, I, yeah yeah I was managing the Carphone in Ballum for like five years. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I watched this, 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 bro. This is what I'm saying, bro. When I say you're walking inspiration, bro, I've watched your journey in it. I'm not one of them. This is why I wanted to get you on the show. I've not just gone on my phone and been like, rah, who can I interview today? No, that's not what I do in it. Like, I don't just go through Instagram and see who's got most followers or see mm. who's the who's popping today. I'm not interested in none of that bullshit, man. I leave that for the other podcasts. For me, if you have to inspire me in some shape or form, and like I said. I've watched your journey from the beginning till I gave you that award for Back to Black. And then I've watched it from Back to Black to where you are now. And I'm still watching in it. I might not say nothing and I might not pop up every now and then, but I'm watching your page and I see the, the, the milk trays motivation. I see the stuff. I see, bro, I see everything, bro. I come in like the eye. I know, I know. <laughs> if, if you could go back, yeah, if you could go back to like, boy, the younger self, like when you, before you started DJing, when you was that kid in school, if you could go back and give yourself some advice, right? What would what would you tell your younger self? Um, I would tell my younger self, first thing, put God first. Mm. Put God first. That is that is something I've learned in especially like in the last year. I've I've really learned to put God first. Um, secondly, I would I would tell myself you need to be more confident. Because believe it or not, I really suffered with low self-esteem. Badly. No way. Badly, Fred. No way. Yep. I suffered with low self-esteem um, for, for years, bro. Years. Like, growing up in secondary school, I had low self-esteem. Did, did you used to get bullied or teased yeah, or picked on or anything like that? Like, so, um, the school that I went to... Um, it was a bit of a gift and a curse. So my uncle was the one of the deputy heads at Elliot. And then um, I had mm. two older cousins, um, Kelly and Leah, who were like at least two or three years older than me. So it was always like, I was like treated like a little bit of a teacher's pet. Um, and I'm a, bit, I'm a bit of a nerd. Like I'm a nerd. <laughs> like, I, 
like nerdy things. Like a lot of people don't know. I love, I love tech uh, and gadgets and phones. Hence why I ended up in car phone. Um, <laughs> still watch wrestling with the twins and all of that. So I'm a nerd. So when my uncle left the school and got another job and then my cousins left the school because they'd obviously kind of moved on with regards to age. Um, yeah, like some, some of the guys used to kind of get at me and pick at me because I was, you know, a little bit, you know, the a little bit of, a, I was made to feel like a bit of an outcast. Um, mm. And when I fell in love with DJing, it, it allowed me to, to, to kind of build my confidence. But even then, um, I was really um, weight conscious. So I would always wear, so like even at Carphone when, when I started, those days you used to have to wear suits and all of that. And I'd always have a suit on, even in the peak of summer, because I didn't like my, I didn't like my body. Like I was body conscious. Um, and then, you know, you lost a lot of weight though. I ain't going to lie. You, 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 at one point you was big, bro. Fam, I was, I was 22 stone, bro. Yeah, but I didn't want to say it. I'll let you say it, but you, nah. you, 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 you did have that Mr. Clump, Clump yeah, bro. Like thing. Yeah, 22 stone at my heaviest. Wow, wow. Like, when I was working at Carphone, like, working at Carphone, I met Mrs. Milks, and then, you know, like, you just get into that comfortable zone. But at the same time, yeah. my quality of life, I wasn't happy. So mm. um, I lived in Balham. You know, mum and dad live in Balham, just up, up, you know, boundaries. And then yeah. I was driving to work. So I was, ne I was never walking. I'd get to work on the high street. And then my staff would go and get breakfast from Greg's, which was right next door. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so the thing is, Fred, I would literally knock the wall and the girls in Greg's would know that's the signal to get my breakfast ready. So then my staff would go over, I'd send Jay or Anthony or one of them or Sway. I'd be like, cool, um, get my breakfast. My breakfast consisted of um, two steak bakes, an apple Danish, and like a bottle of Lucasaid. Now, wow. and then that's just breakfast. So <laughs> already I'm like just probably under 1,000 calories. And then there used to be the little food shop in the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'd go to the Sainsbury's. And obviously when you work in that area for so long, you just get to know everybody. So then I'd go into the yard shop and be like, All right, let me just get a, a stew chicken rice and peas, medium, but always- it's you milk, it's milk, isn't it? Let me give you a lot. I'd go to the, 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 the fresh made pizza thing in, in the Sainsbury's. I'd ask for a small, they give me a large. And then I'd still go home and eat mum and dad dinner every day. Mad. So my weight went up to like 22, bro. I'm now down to 15. Yeah, that's mad. That's what I'm saying. I remember, I remember I, I saw you one time, probably when you was around the 22s, the 20s, and then I didn't see you for ages. And then I saw you again, and you was down. I was like, what the heck? You know when you, it's a shock? Like, wow, is that milk tray? <laughs> is that, is that, that's not even milk tray. That's milk tray's brother from the US or something. <laughs> <That's insane. laughs> I don't, am, I, am I looking at the same person? Like, yeah. it's, it's dropped off. Yeah, but it hasn't been easy. The thing is, it is my, my plateau. Now, a lot of people, some people know what plateau is, but like, you're, so in your, when you're trying to lose weight, your, your body starts to lose weight because you're doing this exercise you're eating or whatever and then you get to a point which they call the plateau which you it, your body starts to just stay at one place because mm. it's now used to 
your workouts and how much calories you're putting in, et cetera, et cetera. So I plateaued for a while. So my plateau weight was 16 and a half stone. Okay. And every so often it would creep back up. It would creep back up and then cut. But it, I could never get past like 16 and a half stone. So okay. early, earlier this year, um, I saw a picture of myself in January. I was at a friend's um, 40th. And I was standing next to Sweet Boy D Warner, my cousin Ibs, and I was in this picture. And Fred, I just looked wide again, fam. I said, nah, <laughs> this, this is it. I'm done this time. This is it. And then that same week, I saw a program when I was at mum and dad's house about intermittent fasting. I was like, all right, cool. Let me check this out. And bro, between the intermittent fasting and, and being on lockdown, so the, the, the wife bought me an exercise bike for Christmas because I was doing that before. But during lockdown, I've been just, I've been going ham, bro. Ham. Now you, now you look good, bro. You're in good shape, man. You're in good shape, bro. You look good. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're, you're good. All right, brother, listen. So what advice would you give to, I mean, I just one of those kind of questions that it just sounds really interviewee. You know what I'm saying? So what advice would you give to others? And I hate that question, but I have to ask it to you because you are a mentor and because you do motivate people. My question to you is, who motivates the motivator? Because I'm always a certain way, whenever I have a, I rarely have low days in it, where, do you know what I mean? I'm always kind of at one level plateau kind of thing. And it's like, people used to always say like, Freddie, why are you, how come you're always like how you are? Like, do you not have a down day? And I have to stop and think about it. So my question for you is, yeah. So like, because like I said, I always see you the way you are and you motivate everybody else. Who motivates you then? Um... It sounds really cliche, bro, but I have to look at my family. Um, so, you know, not just my household, but I have to look at the, the lineage and, and the line that's come before me. So my granddad, my, my grandparents, you know, uh, my aunties and uncles um, that have passed away, my cousins. Um, I know that there's a lot resting on, on my shoulders with regards to the legacy um of our family you know so i know that for me i, I you know whenever i'm kind of feeling a little bit like i you know i've got pictures of my aunt on my phone like my screensaver is my auntie you look at my whatsapp it's my auntie you look at my other phone it's, it's the, the my family my household my other phone is my mom and my dad and my sisters and whatever so primarily it's my family bro and and now it's kind of got bigger than that because, as I said, because now I, I realise the, the position that I play within the community, it's a case of the, the community inspires me because the amount of love, I'll be honest, Fred, the love that, that the community have shown me in the last probably like 10 years has been that's like overwhelming. Like sometimes I like, look, I'm even like welling up now because... The way that the community have supported me and my family is crazy. Do you know what I mean? Like when I think about, you know, Milk Trade's motivation as an event, you know, people have come out and again, in when you think about it, it shouldn't work because I'm a DJ, but they just show me so much love. But then again, what you said. Exactly. But I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. Yeah. You are an inspiration who happens to be a DJ. You're not a DJ who's an inspiration. So yeah. people have been following your journey from day. 
and you just don't know that they've been watching what you do and how you inspire people. The fact that you're a DJ just means that you've got to reach to a lot more people. But even if you remove that DJ element, you would still be an inspiration because that's what you are. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know that, bro. So even like doing stuff like Sunday service, you know, in the lockdown, I, like God said to me on a Saturday night, I want you tomorrow morning on Sunday to go live and I want you to do a gospel show. I was like, really? Like, I've got gospel and I love gospel. Um, you know, uh, the wife is a gospel singer. Like, I'm surrounded by it. But I was like, in what kind of context do you want me to do this? And I just went and did it. And now we've been going for, since, since mid-April, I've been having Sunday service every Sunday um, and getting, you know, we got like two to 300 the most we've ever had was like over 400 people on a Sunday morning and we have it every Sunday. That's mad, you know what? And why, sorry to cut you, why you just said that now? I'm getting ready to shoot this new movie um, in October and it's a church scene, you know? And we need to feel, we need like a, a gospel type choir audience um, and we've got the lead actors coming in the scene and everything, man. I'm going to talk to you about that because it might be something you and your wife... I've got, I've got, we've got that in the bag. We've got that in the bag. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about that afterwards off air, brother. Thank you for coming on the show, bro. Like, no, I sincerely mean that. Do you know what I'm saying? You're the first, I guess, kind of person that I've had on the show that is, uh, firstly, a DJ, but also somebody who does it like naturally in the community. Do you understand know what I'm saying? Like, we've had like Richard Blackwood, I've had Judy Love, I've had Kane, I've had um, like various other people that are all celebrities and what they do. Oh, I love but, Thing is i love them all and i've got i love all like those that you mentioned yeah big up to them yeah but you know like i say it's only about people that inspire me man like i'm not really gonna have like i'm not trying to have a podcast full of celebrities and people that are just for everyone else like it's what what do you do what do you what do you bring to my life in it because it's my podcast <laughs> do you know what i mean so what do you bring to me you understand that's why i'm doing it. i ain't doing it for everybody else it's what you bring to me and when and by talking to you you kind of learn a lot about yourself you understand? So when I speak to you, I, 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 there's a lot that you said to me in this that I will walk away and take away and think to myself, oh, you know what? It's inspiring. You understand what I'm saying? So I feel like anyone listening to this podcast will be inspired. So I want to say, firstly, thank you for being you. And I'm going to say it again. I've said it three times and now I'm going to say it again. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to say it again. You are an inspiration who happens to be a DJ. I'm ready. If you know I'm gonna note, I'm gonna note that down because it's yeah like you're the first person to put it like that, and I appreciate yeah. that if you if you don't remember nothing else from me ever, just remember that I've always said that you understand, and that's something that I want you to take away and like you know what I'm saying when you're doing what you're doing, just remember that all the love that you've been getting over the years from the community is not people throwing away love just because it's because of who you are. So you've been getting this support over the years. People have been showing you love. People have been you know I mean reaching out to you because you are who you are. Do you know what I mean? You deserve the, the credit you've been getting. You deserve the love you've been getting. You deserve the support you've been getting. And that's because you are who you are and you, you do inspire many people. So don't ever, ever, ever forget, like I said, you are an inspiration before a DJ. Do you know what I'm saying? I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, and yeah, brother, um, stay safe. Say hello to the missus, the kids. And we're definitely going to catch up real soon, man. Love family. So guys, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Room 26. Please, please, please subscribe, rate, tell your friends, dogs, cats, budgies, share. I don't care. Just tell the whole wide world. And let's make Room 26 the most listened to UK podcast. 
Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Room26 underscore podcast. That's at Room26 underscore podcast. Thank you.